absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and we got a good friend of the pod, does not need an introduction anymore. Mike Creed, Corn Tour Caddy. Mike, what's the good word, buddy? What's going on, Dan? Happy to be here again. Yeah, no doubt. You're definitely becoming a regular contributor, and I know we don't need any introduction because everyone knows you by now. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, like I said, I'm happy to be here again and, and happy to um, you know see the growth of the podcast uh, after all these months. No, no doubt. Appreciate. Uh, hey, let's jump right into it. You are in the midst of caddying for Tyson Alexander, as everyone knows, uh, Corn Ferry Tour player, and you guys are in the midst of a tournament right now. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, a little two-day tournament. <clears throat> We're down in Brunswick, Georgia, playing at Brunswick Country Club, where uh, we played the RSM Monday qualifier a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, coming off a, a solid day. Um, Tyson's leading by uh, three shots <laughs> and um, it's uh, it's been only the second time he's played any kind of competitive golf since the uh, tour championship back at the end of August um, and playing great uh, pretty much where we've left off kind of uh, so it's exciting leading into the month of December into January when um, you know we'll be gung-ho with the season starting um, so yeah, it's, it's just nice to be away from the, the cold temperatures somewhat of, of the North that I've had to deal with over the past couple of weeks. Although it wasn't that warm down here this morning, it was freezing. Uh, but by the time we finished, it was mid sixties, sun's shining. Uh, so it's just kind of good to be out here and, uh, we're playing the swing thought tour <clears throat> and I guess they let you ride in carts. So I don't have to carry the bag, which, you know, is always nice. Um, but, uh, just a little different and, uh, more importantly, I just wanted to come down here and watch him play and, you know, just continue to work together. The only other thing that I was planning on doing, if he wasn't going to play in this or it wasn't available, I was just going to come down to Jacksonville and watch him hit balls at TPC. And, uh, when I suggested that, you know, it's like, we don't really get much out of just seeing a guy hit range balls, you know, for a couple hours. Uh, it's, it's totally different when you're in a competitive um, atmosphere. Uh, so it's been it's been beneficial between uh, doing this and, and the Monday qualifier. Yeah, I think that's a cool – I mean, first off, let me address the fact that that's cold. Uh, you're making a lot of our fans in the Northeast jealous right now. It is currently snowing uh, at my house, and I know most of the people that listen in the Northeast just got pounded by a storm. Um, so we're not feeling bad for you on that uh, account. But that's a cool behind the scenes because I think – what people still don't realize is how big of a role caddies have uh, in their players' playing. Not so much the playing ability of the players, um, but the way that the players manage their way around the course. Now, this Brunswick Country Club is a place that's been very good to Tyson. He missed the RSM Monday qualifier by one stroke, correct? Yeah, he shot 66. We were playing it that day as a par 70. So five birdies, one bogey, um, and... Uh, and it, it probably should have been in clear by about a shot or two um, ahead of the playoff number. But, you know, it 
it was my second Monday that I've ever done. And obviously you'd like to be off to a hot start. Um, typically I think the golden rule is two under through six holes, which we were. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes in golf, you know, putts don't go in, um, um, which is kind of what, what we had occur today during this round where he shot 64. Um, so, but I mean, again, to come off almost six, seven weeks of not playing any competitive golf, just playing at Sawgrass with other pros, um, it was just good to kind of see him competing again um, and being close. Yeah, what's the what's the vibe like at a Monday qualifier for a PJ Tour event compared to a normal Corn Ferry Tour event? Pretty is a lot tr- more is a lot more stress on the guys or or no? Because it's like the Monday qualifier is like one and done, you know? Like you get one round, that's it. So you're either hot or you're not that day. I, I think the stress levels are are the same because if you look at a guy like Tyson that has a full season next year but you look at another guy who, say, I don't know, missed that first stage and now all he has is Monday qualifiers between the PGA and Cord Ferry, maybe, no, he's probably under more stress, I'll say, uh, just for the fact that depending on what his money situation is, that's the only way he's playing golf, um, which is tough. But for the most part, I found it pretty mellow, um, you know, not everyone has a caddy. Some guys are carrying their own bags. Um, I would say probably more than half the field had a caddy. Uh, and then you have the, I don't know, there was probably 10 PGA Tour caddies that were posted up at the clubhouse, you know, with the credentials on, looking for work that week. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's competitive, uh, like any job market. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, pretty chill. I mean... The the atmosphere is, is different. There's no nobody watching really, you know, like un, unlike you know a, a good corn fairy city where there's plenty of people watching golf. Um, so maybe in that sense, it might be a little bit more easier um, for the players so that they don't have so many eyes on them, you know, depending on how they're playing. Um, but they had to, you know, they had to finish with car lights on the the last screen there in the third playoff hole. Um, yeah. We, we talked about that on the, on the pod that week. And that was like, that's an awesome scene, dude. That's something out of like you and your buddies at a local Muni finishing up on the putting green and everyone throws their high beams on. Yeah, for sure. But again, it's all about getting off the hot start and being aggressive. Um, you know, unlike a four day tournament, you got one round, you know, to, to shoot the absolute lowest you can. It's kind of go big or go home. Um, but again, you're, I see it as you're trying to, you know, ideally six under par most likely gets you in. So every six holes, you're looking to play him two under. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was good to see him so close to getting in. And, um, even this morning, you know, he was, he was telling me a couple other guys that he's, that he's been talking to, um, just about golf and guys that he knows that have gotten their card on the PGA now, you know, he's, he knows that he's close to getting on getting on the big tour, and hopefully, you know, we'll be there uh, by the end of by the end of next year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now, is that is that a week that that as a caddy you're getting paid for, or is that just one of those things where it's like, hey man, you know, I'm going to be with you this whole year anyway. You know, I'm going to come down and just help you out. Uh, no, most guys are are good about you know giving you 
hundred bucks for the loop or whatnot. Um, I, I told Tyson, you know, I don't, I just come down and do it for nothing. Cause again, I mean, I hadn't been around professional golf since the end of August. Um, I did September, October <clears throat> back up at Baltimore club caddying. Um, and I was just ready to, to, to watch him play. Um, but no, they, they, they give you a bit of cash and, gotcha. uh, you know, it, it, you know, the, again, the money wasn't that, that big a deal to me. Um, you know, obviously if we had gotten in, you know, I would have been getting regular, regular pay. Um, but, uh, it was just about being down there and, and being as supportive as I can. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, cause that's, that's basically, you know, that's your teammate. That's your guy for the year. Now you and Tyson have a full slate of events this year on the corn Ferry tour. Um, so we'll get into that in, in a little bit, starting down, uh, at the great Exuma classic in the Bahamas. But, um, before that, December 12th, uh, you picked up a guy for final stage, uh, corn Ferry tour qualifying school, correct? Yeah. And like a topsy turvy 24 hours, um, kind of the same scenario I was in this time last year, although I wasn't looking to work final stage, um, got on Instagram I must have messaged like 30 guys to, you know, Hey, do you have a caddy for final stage? I work for so-and-so. Um, and you know, most guys, if you go through first and second stage with the same caddy, you're going to be taking the same guy for finals. Yeah. Now there's guys that carry their own bag for those stages. But again, I tried to go through the list of players as best I could. Um, and there's a couple of guys that I know I reached out to, as well as Tyson and uh, you know, all those guys were set, but I got on our, uh, our caddy telegram thread uh, yesterday. I was driving down to uh, Georgia. I saw a message where um, somebody was looking for a, uh, an extra um, caddy to like share a, you know, if they need a room for the week. And one of these guys, I don't know, I think he's out in California. He's like, you know, I'm in as long as it comes with a bag, you know, jokingly. Cause he's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm so bored. And then uh, you got a guy from like Nebraska saying the same thing. Um, and, uh, you know, they were negotiating money and some guys wanted too much. And, you know, I, I, you know, you know, it, it's obviously the last, you know, even though you have status getting in the final stage, you know, there's no guaranteed money if you finish outside of 40th, I think. I mean, I think so. I think that's correct. Yeah, um, I think you're right. But, uh, you know, I was, I was like, Hey, you know, I'll do it for X amount. It, it's, it's all good with me. Uh, I talked to the player and, um, today he got my number from another caddy who, who I know. And he was like, Hey, I heard you're looking for a guy to work with. And I was like, yeah, you know, I love the opportunity because, um, leaving Georgia tomorrow, I'm not going to be doing much until Exuma anyways. So, um, last weekend I had an Airbnb booked in Windermere. I had, I canceled that uh, on the second to be able to get the highest refund back. So now I'm in the process of finding another Airbnb <clears throat> to, uh, to get locked up. So, um, I should have that squared away by, uh, by the end of end of the week. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be a crazy couple of days. I'm driving from here up to Virginia. I'm going to work at Baltimore on Friday and then I'm going to drive back down to Orlando starting like Saturday, six o'clock, seven o'clock. So I'll drive probably just past Jacksonville, 
sleep in the car for an hour or two, get to Orlando, and then I'm meeting um, this player on Monday morning. Uh, he's South Korean. Um, his name is Lee Kun Chang. Um, 25 years old. Uh, never seen him play before. Um, but, uh, you know, Monday morning I'll meet him and just say, hey, what do you want out of me? You know, and walk the golf courses uh, down in Orange County National. Um, but I, I think in terms of doing caddying at the at the pro level, uh, a, a good friend of mine who actually works for your uh, favorite PGA Tour golfer, Lando Calrissian and Griffin, <laughs> um, said that every caddy on tour should at least work one final stage during their career. Um, obviously, you know, these guys are playing for some money, but more importantly, they're playing for X amount of tournaments that they can have on their slate uh, for the season. Yeah, so they're I'm playing for a home. They're playing for a home next year. Pretty much, yeah. So in that regard, it'll be um, a good learning experience for me to take what I've learned already this past year and kind of funnel that into, um, you know, the four rounds of golf that, you know, I'm going to be involved with. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can, uh, I can help this player, you know, get, get some tournaments locked up for next year and, uh, and just take away again, you know, some, some more learning experiences, um, during the event. Do you have, uh, you have any stats on him? Do you have any idea how he got into final stage? Was he exempt? Did he qualify in, do you know where he played last year? Did, was he on any tour? Um, when I looked up on the uh, PGA site, he's played the Asian Tour in 14, 15, and 16. Um, he looked like he had some good success because I think he banked like 100K one year and 300K another year. That's pretty uh, good for over there. I mean, that's 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 actually really good money. So maybe it's one of these things where he's building up a little bit of a, a, a playing reputation, and now it's like, okay, I got enough money to travel overseas and, and take my shot at the big time you know, in the States. Yeah, because like I'm looking at it now. In 2015, he had six top tens on the uh, Asian Tour, and he banked three hundred and eleven thousand uh, dollars. Sixteen, he banked one hundred twenty-three k, and then this year he played in the uh, HSBC and the CJ Cup uh, most recently. So he probably got you know an invite, um, maybe through an, another Asian Tour that he's been playing on. But as far as um, you know where he's been playing. It looks like that's that's all that I can find on the PGA site. Okay. Um, but again, I mean, um, it uh, it's just another opportunity to be able to to work for a week uh, where I don't have to kind of go hang back in in Virginia and you know keep the house tidy and and do all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was talking with with Byron Meth uh, a few weeks ago in his preparation for final stage of Q School. And he was just remarking about how long both those courses are going to be down there. And you got to assume that, you know, Florida in the wintertime, you're not going to be getting much roll, you know. So it, it looks like those two places, uh, Panthers Run and uh, or Panthers Lake or whatever those oh, two Creek, names. Yeah, Cat. it's Cat, something yeah. like that. Yeah, they're two crazy names. Um, but you'd, you'd assume that it's going to be a bomber's uh paradise down there which i mean which honestly let's let's be serious i mean that's what the corn ferry tours turned into you know i mean 
you, you lead the Corn Ferry Tour and drive, and you're probably averaging 20 yards more than whoever leads the PGA Tour that year. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and in terms of, like, in terms of kind of getting prepared for, for you know, these these two golf courses, I don't really – I don't really feel right now behind the eight ball, but I kind of do because I'm sure there's been plenty of, you know, for instance, a player like, you know, Byron and, and, um, and his wife have seen the golf course already. They've done some prep work. A friend of mine um, is caddying at Streamsong right now. He works for uh, Will Cannon. Um, he went down there last week just, just to kind of check the place out and go through the book. Um, so, you know, you get down there on Monday. I don't really know what the, what the, practice schedule is between you know all these golfers and two golf courses um but you know monday tuesday wednesday you know you got to try to get as much work and and uh and understanding of the golf course as you can so obviously <clears throat> this being kind of last minute um i uh i anticipate spending you know sunrise to sunset down there uh each day prior to uh to when we get the golf ball in the air on, on thursday um, so, you know, but again, hopefully I can, I can just provide, uh, this guy with, with, um, with, with some help and, uh, and get him, you know, as many, as many starts as, as he can. Yeah, no, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool. Obviously we'll definitely be following along, uh, as that happens. That's December 12th through 15th, uh, Orange County National. And again, I, I just, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of the two courses, but it's something like it's Panther something and. And some other cat, something else, and they're just crazy names that have nothing to do with Florida golf whatsoever. But uh, you know, it is what it is. But you know, what's cool about that tournament? This is something that I wish was televised more, right? Because this is this is even bigger than you know PGA Tour playoffs because those guys are loaded with money. You know, so okay, you miss the playoffs or you miss uh, the tour championship at East Lake. Uh, awesome. Like, you're still a millionaire. Like, you're still riding first class. You know what I mean? You're still getting everything taken care of. You're still, you know, tossing a grand or so at your caddy every week. But these guys are playing for a home tour to play on next year. And a lot of these guys right now, if they finish, you know, if they don't make the cut, if they finish out of the top 100 or 120 or whatever it is um, and don't have any conditional status, literally have made it this far for almost nothing so like this is the epitome of pro golf like this is where the stress hits this is where you throw up on yourself on the 72nd hole you know or you're able to hold it together you and your caddy and and get through um you know for me this makes for great television but again thanks to the pj tour and whatever media rights they have whatever else they're going through now with television i mean you know all we can do is follow it online well, I, th- I think by getting to final stage, all these guys have somewhat conditional status. Now, that doesn't mean guaranteed starts anywhere. Um, I, I, I may be wrong, but I think if they finish outside the top 40 or whatever, you know, they can still, you know, all these guys get access to TPC golf courses to practice on, which is huge because then you're not paying to, you know, to, to practice. Um, right. That's, and, I, let me, and I, w- I want to interrupt real quick because that's a great point. Um, Someone was listening to uh, – gosh, I wish I could remember. I could search for the DM, but it's probably so deep in there. Someone was listening to one of, one of the pods that you were on a while back, and they dm me, and they're like, dude, pro golfers don't have to pay for range balls. And I was <laughs> like, dude, you are so, so wrong. Um, 
you know, like whenever we have the pros on, I always ask them, like, hey, when's the last time you played for golf? And most people are like, you know, I, it hasn't been a while or it's been a while since I've paid for golf, but I could tell you the last time I had to pay for range balls. You know, like, like uh, just uh, talking with Brian Mogg and, and uh, Byron Meth, like both of them are like, oh, yeah, dude, it was like two weeks ago. Like they banged me for like six bucks for range balls. Like it's nuts. Yeah, it's huge. And I mean, for for these guys to have this status and to be able to to play at a TPC Sawgrass on the the professional specific side of the range is absolutely huge. Because um, then you know, even if they're traveling all over the country and there's they're in Colorado, oh, you know, we'll go, go practice at TPC Colorado for an afternoon since they're in town. Um, it, it's it's huge because if you're if you can imagine, you know, you're practicing six seven days a week and you're not hitting. 50 balls, 100 balls, <laughs> right, right. you're out there, you know, multiple hours, seven days a week maybe. And obviously it's, yeah, it adds up. And, you know, maybe these guys, you know, most of them are pretty well connected to, you know, clubs that they're, you know, been around and whatnot. But again, not everyone is in that situation. So, um, again, like it, it's huge for these guys to be in this position at final stage um, to, again, just kind of compete and, and, and at least have those playing privileges. Um, so I, I, I think there's a lot of um, misinformation that floats around with, with this sort of final stage because a couple guys, when I was club caddying, were like, oh, so so-and-so has like a full season of golf on the Corn Ferry Tour next year? I was like, I was like, no, he's got to finish in the top 40 to <laughs> yeah. at least have, you know, a number of starts. Nothing's, they're not handing out, you know, 25, 28 tournaments to, to, you know, 50 guys. It's, it's just one of those guys out there that's going to get that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned it because people are probably sitting home doing the math and they're like, all right, dude, like I go to the range and, you know, I, I hit balls three times a week and it costs me 10 bucks. So what? It's 30 bucks a week. So if you're a pro, maybe it costs you a hundred, 150. But what people don't realize is when you're at, at this level, like you're not making, six seven hundred grand a year you know like you might be making 60 grand a year your travel costs might be 30 to 35 you're paying a caddy 10 to 15 of that you know you're lucky if you're banking 10 to 20 grand and then you don't know where you're playing the next year so anything that you can save whether it's in hotel flights food uh bunking up with people you know whatever doing host families like whatever you can save is enormous to these guys and trust me like these guys will not forget that and they don't overlook that when they get to the top level especially the guys that have done the corn ferry tour grind like they're never gonna start making five six million just forget where they came from all of a sudden you know now conversely there are definitely guys on the pro tour who have been born with silver spoons in their mouth have gone to silver spoon universities um, have been destined to be PGA Tour greats. And, you know, the lowest year ever on the PGA Tour has been like $3.8 million with another two and a half in, in sponsorships. Those guys are not like the dudes that we're going to see next week at the final stage for the most part, you know? We're seeing lifelong grinders or new guys coming up through the system and, and trying to get those starts so eventually they can get to that spot on the PGA Tour, like, like you say all the time, to get that opportunity on the Corn Ferry Tour to get to that next level in order to, to start earning 
those big bucks that we see published in the paper every week or or put on pjtour.com or golf.com. Well, and then to even go kind of down further in professional golf, here we are playing a Swing Thought Tour event. Now, it's it's a it's a year-round tour. You know, they go between Georgia and the Carolinas, and I don't know if they reach Florida. But, you know, all these guys are paying – to play as a member, $900 as a non-member. And some of these, some of these guys, this is all they have. This is their quote unquote grind. Um, So again, all the, all the, I guess you can call it glitz and glamor of the PGA, the corn Ferry tour working their way up. Then you got, you know, the PGA China and the Canadian tour. And then below that, you know, you've got the swing thought tour and, which I think used to be the Nike and Hooters tour. So, I mean, the professional golfing grind is, is so – there's so many levels of it. It's amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, even today looking at the leaderboard, you know, there's I think five or six Corn Ferry guys from last year playing in this. I think three or four are in the top ten right now. Um, so, obviously, I think uh, the skill level is obviously different on every tour, you know, but again, there could be a guy on this tour today who in four years is winning in a PGA event. You know, that's, I mean, I think Lonto Griffin did that same thing where I remember he was playing like e-golf tour events yeah. yep. four or five years ago and, you know, went to Latin Q school and got through that. And, you know, um, the, the, the journey is, is, uh, is just crazy to think of the, you know, the money and the sacrifices and whatnot. And, um, I mean, I kind of look at caddies that way now too, after doing it for a year, it's like, we're all kind of grinding away for the same thing, uh, putting out X amount of dollars, driving here, driving there, flying, you know, wherever. Um, and, uh, and we're all doing it for the same reason, which, which is kind of cool in a, in a way. Um, but, uh, you know, when you finally reach that pinnacle of the PGA tour, you know, you got to you got to kind of embrace it and try not to lose track and, um, and, and kind of get knocked, knocked down at the 125. Um, uh, so yeah, I guess that, you know, no matter what <clears throat> the grind never ends, I would say for, for, uh, for the professional golf. Yeah, that's a, it's a, a great point. And, uh, I think it just further reinforces how many actual levels of professional golf, there are, you know, because if I wanted to tomorrow, I could declare myself a professional golfer, right? That doesn't mean that I'm going to start earning any money from it, you know, because I tell people this all the time. They're like, oh, I'm a good golfer. Uh, I've shot even par. I'm like, right. You're a great golfer at your local municipal course. Like even what these low level guys are doing is light years above you, you know? No, nah, no. Nah, like, I saw that guy shot 70. I could probably shoot 70. Yeah, like on 12 holes you could, man. Like you have no idea what these guys are doing. And you and I talk all the time about the the most minuscule difference of strokes, fractions of strokes, right? So you got a guy like Tyson who leads by three right now. Let's say he goes off to win, win it tomorrow, has a nice little paycheck or whatever. Uh, you know, there's a guy who sits at like 10th or 12th on this tour who's probably – Half a stroke away, half a stroke average away, a putt or two around from possibly being in final stage of Q school, you know? And then there's a guy above him who's half a stroke away from being on the Corn Ferry Tour. 
And there's dudes on the Corn Ferry Tour that are literally half to three quarters of a stroke away from making it onto the PGA Tour. And it's all those tiny, minuscule differences that separate these levels. You know, it's not like the difference between a scratch golfer and a dude who shoots 100, right? Like, that's easier to close the gap than it is between a guy playing on this tour and a dude making $15 million a year on the PGA Tour. You know, the, the gap is just, like, astronomical because it's, it's like racing, right? Like, if you're a sprinter, you might start to see drops in times over the years, but once you get to a certain level, you know, your drops are so minimal. It's a tenth of a second here. It's eight months of training for two-tenths of a second. You know, same thing in golf. It's grinding year-round on one tour to drop half a stroke average. And doing that over tons of different styles of courses in different climatic conditions, in different states, in, 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 in different time zones over the course of a year. I mean, it's, it's insane when you really break it down to the micro level. Yeah, and I've, I mean, just to go back to the, the differences between, you know, your scratch golfer and, and a pro, I mean, I would say if I had to put a number on Tyson's handicap, I would say he's probably like a plus seven, six, somewhere, you know. Yeah, I, I would think most pros at, at his level and the PJ Tour are fluctuating between probably like a plus four and a plus eight. But the asterisk is they're doing it on 7,000-plus-yard courses. They're not your plus two at your 6,500-yard members' white tees. And I don't know I, I don't know where I heard this or where I read this, but when Tiger was, like, in his absolute best, I think his handicap went no lower than, like, a plus 10. Where, where did yes. I? Yes. Um, that was just on either a Golf.com or a Golf Digest article. And he was as low as or as high as, whichever way you want to look at it, like a plus 14 at yeah. one point. When he held all four majors at once, I think they had him at a plus 14. And the thing is, like, you know, people right now are like, hey, my course is rated difficult, dude. Like, it's a 73.2. That means a scratch golfer would shoot – 1.2 strokes above par. Okay, that's great. Your course is tough from 6,800 yards. These PGA Tour courses don't even receive ratings like that because they're so tricked up and difficult. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you're talking about the the best guy in his prime of his sure. career, which is hard, sure. you know. But again, it just it's just crazy because obviously, I mean, most of these most of these guys on the corn free, like you said, you know, they're all between a uh, plus seven and a plus five, which really isn't that big a margin. Um, but uh, but yeah, like you know, my, I think my lowest handicap was like a one point two at one time, and like no, there's no way I could I could compete with these guys out here, yeah. even in even in an event like like today. Um, but uh, but yeah, it it it's just it's just crazy how good and how consistent these guys are. Like I watched Tyson play today, and he, I mean. He had a, a super good round, uh, and even for the one or two shots where we were kind of X'd out, I mean, he made a birdie on one and made a par on the other where, you know, it, I was just like, it's just unreal to, to see these guys uh, up close and personal, just just not even flawless, just move, moving from one shot to the next shot. Um, how, how many times around, on average, do you sit there – with the bag, just shaking your head at what these guys can do, whether it's Tyson or another dude in the group with you. Uh, I'd say probably in, in a round, I'd say like four or five times. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. 
Uh, and it's kind of cool, though, because, like, you know, all these guys kind of root for each other. You know, if, if a guy's short-sighted and he hits a great flop shot to, like, two feet, you know, they're all, you know, pumping him up for, for the good play, at least, you know, uh, from what I've seen on the Corn Ferry. Um, you know, I don't really think, like, Tigers, you know, in his heyday is kind of pumping guys up that he's <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the nice thing about the, the Corn Ferry Tour and I'm sure the Canadian and Latin American <clears throat> And uh, China Tour can say the same thing is that there's probably a little bit more of a camaraderie um, but between the players, obviously because I don't know if it's to do with the money they're playing for or you know just just the brand name of of who they are. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, that, that's one aspect that I like about um, from what I've seen of 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 this tour. Yeah, very cool. Um, so let so what else is going on with you, man? I know you got a lot of things in the works. Um... You want to talk a little bit about your uh, clothing deal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it just kind of fell on my lap, uh, thanks to yourself. Nah, uh, nah. Yes, I'm, so, just, I'm a small, I'm a small fish, my man. Small fish. <laughs> uh, but you have a good, you have a good-looking shirt that fits you properly uh, through, <laughs> through, through Boston Scott Golf. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, talk to Steve, and uh, yeah, I think my package is somewhere in Southern. Um, Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania right now. Um, so we had a chat and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to um, wear good clothes that, that look great and fit great. I can't wait to get this product in my hands and wear it. And other players and caddies ask me, you know, who makes that shirt and, and, um, and what's the logo on your hat? Uh, yeah. So um, we haven't officially um, joined forces, but um, I'm supposed to get this box on Saturday and I'm sure I'll give I'll give Steve a call <clears throat> Saturday night and uh, and have him send me uh, an email with some confirmations and signatures that I need to put on it. Uh, but yeah, just you know, super excited to. Uh, I don't know many other corn fairy caddies that have a, a clothing sponsor and a hat deal. Um, uh, obviously, that's a that's a PGA type thing. Uh, but I guess I'm kind of getting my foot in the door a little early for for where I want to be. Um, but yeah, just well, it's like, it's like dress for the job you want, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, so, you know, if, and if you're wearing their gear, um, you know, and I tell people all the time, like, I, I absolutely love it. I, I wish I would, I wish I could say right now, like, Hey, I'm, this is an ad read, but it like, it's not, it's, it's me being completely honest. They make phenomenal clothing. Um, you know, and quite honestly, like I'll level with everybody out there. It's probably a little bit above, my price point, you know, to own like everything in the collection and getting this stuff from them and wearing it, like you feel like a million bucks out there. Like I literally feel like a player, you know what I mean? When I'm out there and people are like, dude, like that shirt is sick. I'm like, I know, tell me about it, you know? And the belts and the hats, like everything top to bottom is just uh, phenomenal. I love what they're doing with the line. I love all the new stuff that came out. I've got another package coming in the mail soon enough. Like, Steve and Chris are just great guys and just uh, like way too good to me. You know what I mean? Way too good. So I'm so pumped because I know that even though the Corn Ferry Tour doesn't get a ton of TV time, I know that you'll be getting some this year. And, uh, you know, I just got to make sure that I'm not wearing the same shirt as you out on <laughs> tour this year when I'm, <laughs> when I'm following you guys around doing some media. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to plan it out because I'm sure yeah. you're going to I'm going to get with that uh, in a way. Uh, but yeah, like I haven't. I haven't met Steve. We've had two phone conversations. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I even suggested maybe designing a, a, a caddy towel that, that I can use and that, you know, he can uh, put on the website uh, with, you know, my own personal touch of the design and what it will look like, which is, you know, awesome, uh, you know, given given that I've never I've never met Steve and he's, you know, open for open to have me do that. Um, so uh, hopefully I'll have some kind of in the works over the next couple of weeks and uh, get that get that, that bad boy in my hands and over the bag and on TV. Uh, but yeah, just super stoked to have that sort of uh, have that sort of connection with with uh, with someone. Yeah, no, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very, very cool. Now, as far as this year goes, 2020 season on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you not to throw any events under the bus, but what events are you looking forward to most? Like, what, what, what are your top three places to go to? Uh, the Bahamas. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be mid-January and the absolute most prime spot to be in. Uh, knock on wood that the uh, weather is uh cooperates what 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 uh, what are they getting as far as uh wind down there like at that time like wasn't wasn't that the tournament two years ago where it blew like crazy and either like a third or fourth round it like literally blew guys off the leaderboard yeah i think one guy shot under par for the tournament i think yeah the average like was 81 right so I, I i'm pretty sure someone that was leading or in second or third ended up shooting like 88 and, and, and dropped like from first to like twentieth, and the dude that shot even par that day, I think, jumped like thirty spots or something crazy like that. Yeah, I I can't really remember what it wasn't blowing like it obviously wasn't blowing like that uh, last year because I think the winning score was like sixteen or seventeen. Uh, okay. But but I mean, you know, there's always going to be a, a you know an ocean breeze, um, but you know, there's an ocean breeze and then there's hurricane gust winds. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, obviously, I, I guess the weather is kind of unpredictable in that area, but for the most part, I, I kind of anticipate um, kind of what we had last year, which was you know a bunch of sunshine and nothing too nothing too crazy to play in. Probably blowing ten to fifteen a day with maybe gusting to twenty. Um, but uh, but yeah, as far as um, you know, obviously love to get back to Savannah. Uh, uh, that was that was a great week. Um, going down the list, uh, you know, I think, I think this, this question might be swayed just because, you know, given the run that Tyson and I had at the end of last year for the last, mm-hmm. you know, 13 events, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to those golf courses that we, we did so well on, um, looking to get back to Wichita, um, Colorado, uh, obviously, a, a Super good golf course. Uh, can't wait to get to Pumpkin Ridge again. Um, and then, you know, in the playoffs, obviously Victoria National is Victoria National. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, we've got a couple new events. <clears throat> We're playing at Texas Rangers Golf Club. Um, and uh, I've, I've seen that golf course on YouTube already. It's pretty wide open, which obviously suits Tyson's game, which is which is good. You got a couple new ones in Louisiana and Alabama. Um but uh, but yeah, it, there's there's really not one event that kind of shoots out at me and um, is like, oh, you know, I don't really want to go there. I think I told you <clears throat> that Kansas City was was one that I I wouldn't mind skipping, but that's probably just because it was like the soaked 
soaked in uh, so soft that week with all the rain they had. Um, but yeah, I'd say the Bahamas, Savannah, and uh, probably Utah to round out the uh, the top, or sorry, Colorado to round out the top three. Gotcha. Um, as far as mileage goes, <laughs> how many miles did you put on your car last year? Uh, since March, and I only know this because I got new tires in March. <laughs> I um, I had one hundred thirteen thousand on my car. I've got one hundred thirty six thousand right now. So uh, that was eight months. So twenty three thousand miles. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, obviously, I try to get the oil changed as much as I can, and uh, just keep an eye on things. Um, you know, because like I said, tomorrow. I'm driving back up north of Virginia. Two days later, I'm driving to Orlando. Um, I was going to try to – I looked at plane tickets flying out of, like, Jacksonville tomorrow to back home. Um, but it's, like, 480 bucks. so I was like, yeah, forget that. Um, but obviously, I've done so much driving this past year, I don't really think much of it anymore. It's like, all right, you know, nine hours in the car. <laughs> Listen to a few podcasts and some Spotify and – you know, you're home pretty much in a blink of an eye. Right. Um, so for, for everyone out there that believes that they have a, you know, long commute, uh, you know, here's an example that, that puts yours to shame right there. Yeah. I mean, I drove nine hours yesterday to, to work for two days. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, yeah. And the same sort of thing kind of happened last year where um, – I didn't travel south once the weather turned up north, and like I've like I told you before, I was working at my uh, the golf course I play at. I didn't want to do that this year. I figured, you know, I didn't really take any time off from when the season ended, and went in straight into club caddying. So, you know, if I'm going to have a week off um, or ten days to, you know, just kind of relax and look after the dog while the girlfriend's at work, you know, that's what you got to do. Uh, but in certain situations where I can come down and watch Tyson play golf, and it's relatively you know, close to, to home, uh, I, I would always jump at the chance to, to work and, you know, again, just to be around professional golf, um, just for the sake of, you know, having, having something to do for a couple of days and, uh, and kind of catch up and, and see where his game's at. Gotcha. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to let you out of here with this question. I mean, it's probably a longer form question to answer, but what makes, What's a successful 2020 season for you? What are your goals this year? What, what do you hope to accomplish? What, what do you need to hit in terms of making this year a success in terms of, of caddy and your career? Uh, PGA Tour bust for, for, for me. I mean, obviously, it's my second year coming into it, and um, there's been plenty of guys out on – PGA Tour and Corn Ferry and all over the country caddying um, who have, have maybe done, you know, the, the Corn Ferry Tour for five, six, seven years and haven't gotten to that PGA level. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be in Portland uh, with Tyson getting his card. Um, I'd say below that winning a tournament this year is probably number two on the list. Um and just try, I would say, try to be in as many late Sunday tea times as possible because then you know you're competing. And if you're doing that six, seven, eight times 
um, all within a relatively, you know, small scale over a couple months, then, you know, you know, your guy's playing great golf and you're doing the right things for him. So, I mean, I, I, I have, you know, three or four months to look back on from where Tyson and I were, we were, you know, in, in a handful of Sunday pairings, um, in the afternoons. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully where he starts the season off with a full slate of, uh, of events, um, we can get it going straight away and, you know, see what we can do. But yeah, I, you know, I, you kind of reach for the stars in, in terms of setting your goals. And, um, I think if, if you're not looking, uh, to, to do that, then you're going to get passed by, um, so, you know, hopefully those those three things, uh, you know, kind of get met at some point in the year. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I kind of fully expect Tyson to get his card. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it happens. One more question. I lied. How often do you check the money list or the, or the Corn Ferry Tour points list during the year? Are you one of those guys that's that's always looking at like do you know where you stand after each tournament? Or that's no? a good like question. I know I know me personally, I'm so anal about things. Like I'd probably be checking after every like as soon as they release it, I'd be checking and be like, okay, we moved down two spots this week. Like we need to get back to where we were. Uh, it's hard to say for me because when I picked Tyson up, he was somewhere in the one seventies, and I would say for maybe two or three events. Well, you kind of go you go in the the tour truck, and they have a list of the updated you know sheet. So all the caddies are looking. I don't think I really physically got on the computer until I think the fourth event that we did, um, and then by the time we got to, I think it was Omaha, um, where we had like a seventh or ninth. I think it was a yeah, ninth. that was a T nine, right? Yeah, and then the yeah. following week, the following week in um, Springfield, Missouri, we missed the cut. And we were like seventy seventh on the points list at that at that time, I think somewhere right around seventy five. And then the next week he has a, a fourth where you know he locked his card up. Um, I would say prior to California, probably like I was looking at it pretty good, like the previous two or three weeks. Um, yeah. This year, um, you, I, I would say you pr- I probably won't look until probably April. You know, because okay. there's so much golf to be played. Um, and like I said, I, I fully expect us to hit the ground running. So, um, you know, I, I I think I I like Tyson to win any golf tournament, but if there's one event where I think the course is really going to suit him, and uh, I don't think he played this tournament last year, but the one in Lakewood Ranch <clears throat> here at Sarasota, Florida, uh, I mean, I think it was like 26 under par last year, that one. Uh, mostly because the wind was blowing downwind on most of the par fives, but it's, you know, it, it's a bomber's track, like most, like you said, like most golf courses are. But if I had to pick a tournament coming up, I think that was going to be the one where, where, uh, where he has, where he has a win. Um, but you know, I really like him at Exuma uh, for the for the first event too. Um, so we'll have we'll have to see what happens, but. Uh, but yeah, I'll let you know. I'll send you a text the first time I look at the uh, the, uh, the points. <laughs> then you can you can keep me on record for that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, 
Uh, Mike, look, as always, man, we appreciate your time and know how busy you are. Uh, best of luck tomorrow. I mean, I hope, uh, I hope he holds on to this. I hope he extends and, and wins by 10 tomorrow. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to see the uh, you know Happy Gilmore big check in his hands at the end of the day. Um, well, I definitely need a picture of that. Yeah, because I think in terms of in terms of Tyson's career, um, he hasn't won a professional tournament since the summer of 2018 on the uh, Latino America Tour. Um, so you know, e- even though we're playing a Sling Thought Tour, a win's a win, and um, you know, I'm interested to see uh, what what tomorrow uh, holds for us, but, but you know, I fully expect uh, you know him to close it out and have another good round. What uh, what time is your tea time tomorrow? You know what? I haven't checked the website, um, but it's nice because, like I said, we teed off at like 8:45 this morning, uh, and it was freezing. Um, but we'll be the, the last tea time, which I think is like 10:55. Okay, and by the time this pod's posted, I mean, you know, the tournament will be well over. Um, so this is kind of, you know, you're, you're hearing this before the tournament has ended. Um, and by the time it drops, uh, Mike is going to be out on Orange National, one of those two courses, you know, caddying in, in Q School, final stage. So, uh, you know, as always, we'll follow your, your year. We'll see you out there on tour. And, uh, I mean... Heck, hopefully the next time we talk to you, it's uh, it's as a corn ferry tour winner. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Appreciate right, you having yeah. me on as always. Yeah, of course, my man. Of course. Hey, good luck to you tomorrow, and uh, give Tyson my best too, buddy. Thank you. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying.